Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the basement. You guys are so mad. It's awesome. We asked for whatever your uh, grievances with public etiquette and little annoying things people do behind the wheel or at the airport. We had so many. Some of them are very funny. Some of them I might even do. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. I want to welcome new viewers, listeners in Detroit, Michigan. Love you. I would uh, be wearing my Steve Eiserman sweater if I had one. I don't. Maybe someday I'll get one, but glad to have you here in the basement, as always. We're going to give an update to what's becoming a rapidly annoying story, but that I don't want to end. There's a catch there a little bit. We're going to do uh, what I hate. I don't hate pro days in football. I hate some of the buildup and the expectations for them. We'll get to that as well. We're also going to do a bite fight. Oh, yeah. Three sound bites. Three enter. Two die. One leaves. Which is the best one? Which is the most fun? You're listening. You're watching. It's just candy. It's something fun to listen to. Something fun to look at. That's really what we do here in the basement. We also do what I love, what I hate, and what is hilarious. Start the show. Have you ever been on a flight? And this is, this is a tough one. You ever been on a flight where maybe it's a short flight and you're with a bunch of friends and family or maybe you're having a bunch of drinks or maybe you like got a first class seat or something and you're having such a good time on the flight that when the captain says, uh, well, folks, we're going to begin our initial descent, you're like, ah, I'm actually enjoying this flight so much, I actually don't even want to go to my destination. It's very rare. I've had a couple like that. Long flights with friends. That's what I feel like we're on with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to get to our destination. I like the flight. I like it. I'm enjoying the process. I don't want this thing to end. I don't want to look at my phone and say that Rap Sheet or Schefter or Pelissero et al. have said, Massive, they have agreed to terms with the trade. I know that's going to happen. I don't want it to yet. I want to string this sucker out as long as we can. As I've said many times before, I enjoy this, this awkwardness, this discomfort, this back and forth. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about Aaron Rodgers on the Jets and all the on-field stuff and all the off-field. And we'll do that for months and years and maybe decades as we look back. Right now, I like the ugly. I like the divorce. I'm into it. I love that we don't have an update yet. And we may not for a long time. I'm not going to spend too much time on this just because I know everyone's so sick of the damn story. But here's the deal. Packers and Jets have been negotiating for weeks for the trade package. What are the Packers going to get for giving up the best player they've ever had? Next week is the NFL League meetings in Arizona, where it's this like Illuminati-like meeting of all the owners, and it's, it's at the, uh, the Biltmore, sometimes it's in Palm Beach, and they get together and just plan to be masters of the universe. See what goes on there. Certainly the Jets owner will be there, representatives from the Packers will be there. End of the April is the NFL draft. Now the draft is fascinating because, you know, the Packers are going to obviously want draft picks, and the Jets have a juicy one or two. So you want to do the trade before the draft, because if you don't, well, then when we're talking about draft picks 12 months from now, what's that do for me this fall? What's that do for Robert Sala this fall? Nothing. So if we're going to get that 13 pick, we want your first round pick. You better believe it. Or even if we have to settle for a later pick, we want to use it now. We, we, we have a quarterback we believe in. We want to get a great player now. The day after the draft or the night after the first round, who cares? We have to wait 364 days to use our bounty that we just got for Aaron Rodgers, a four-time NFL MVP. So we don't want to do that. Then after that, the day after, the day before regular seasons begins, this goes all the way to September, 
The Packers have to exercise Rodgers' option bonus, and then we're just really into it. What I want is the awkward. I want it to blow right through the draft. I want the Packers to say, nope, we're not blinking. We have a quarterback we believe in. His name's Jordan. We're going to play him this year. You? You got somebody? Because we'd love to give you one, but you got to give us this. It goes through May. It goes through June. We're doing all the OTAs, mini camp, rookie camp, training camps coming up. Aaron Rodgers still not on the Jets. That's great. And remember, he's still under contract for the Packers. I was talking to Jason McCourty this morning who was throwing out this idea. It was off the air, but he's like, what if Rodgers like shows up to Green Bay and just makes it awkward and forces them to trade him? That's amazing. Let's say Rodgers, you know, we get all the way to training camp and Rodgers goes. <laughs> that can't be. And yet, if you live the Favre thing, you remember that anything is possible. He shows up to say, yeah, I'm here. I'm ready. I got my Nicolas Cage outfit on and uh, I'm ready to play football. I'm under contract, so of course I'm showing up. That'd be the best. Because then they're like, no, 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 Aaron, we have to get rid of you now. And then they call the Jets and just say, fine, just give us anything. We got to get this guy out of here. That would be great. It would also demand Rodgers getting on a private jet and flying from California to Wisconsin to just show up and join his teammates. It's preposterous. It won't happen. That's what I'm rooting for. That's the grand slam. I'd take a double, though. I'd take a double of blowing right through the draft and we still don't have this. And the quotes are leaking and it's getting spicy and the New York media is just feasting and Rodgers does a bizarre interview. We just keep going. Let's ride this thing out. I like the flight. We got drinks, we got food, we got entertainment, we got friends. We're all right here together. Why do we want to land? We'll land eventually, we'll get there. In the meantime, let's just enjoy the flight. This is gonna get weird, guys. This is gonna get strange. Might even get dirty, might even get vicious. Put your seat back back, put your tray table up. Enjoy the flight. Let's get to what I hate. Today, Wednesday, is C.J. Stroud's pro day. Great looking uh, Ohio State quarterback. Maybe be the number one pick, maybe the number two pick. He's just way, way up there. Here's my take on pro days. They're valuable. I have seen guys over the years get a jump from their pro day, take a fall from their pro day. Absolutely. I mean, you can look at some of the fantastic ones from Andrew Luck all the way back to Jamarcus Russell kind of weird cases like Tim Tebow, who did really well and helped himself a lot. Then there's guys like Teddy Bridgewater, whose pro day was just sort of a disaster and who badly hurt himself, did not throw well, did not look comfortable, took his gloves off and took a dive because of it. They have value and they have meaning and they do dictate decisions. I just hate this where we've gone, this, this crazy expectation that some sort of supernatural event needs to happen at a top prospect pro day. It has to. He has to trend, there needs to be a viral moment, there needs to be this crazy, oh my gosh, hushed voices, throws, did you see what I just saw? That's kind of becoming the norm. I, I mean, a couple of years ago, Zach Wilson did this crazy throw where he was rolling left and threw kind of behind his back and he launched this thing 60 yards in the air and that just went viral immediately. Look at this throw, look at this throw. And Daniel Jeremiah, who I love, just was in awe and couldn't believe what he had just seen and had this really visceral, emotional reaction. And that blew the thing up and DJ's seen everybody. And I think that helped Zach Wilson get drafted. I really do, part of Daniel Jeremiah's reaction to it. So then there's just this thing now where it's not enough, it seems, to show up, look in shape, look the part, have good footwork, have good mechanics, hit all the passes, and just walk off. There's always this moment, this, this, 
this ridiculous, you know, Malik Willis at the end of his workout, famously Patrick Mahomes at the end of his just said, I'm gonna do one more throw, I'm gonna throw it as far as I could and everybody just lost their minds. You know, you can't talk about pro days without talking about Menzel, who has George H.W. Bush there in a golf cart, blasting Drake, wearing camouflage shorts, Menzel, not Bush, and wearing shoulder pads and a helmet. It was just, it, it, there was this whole viral thing, and it was like a rock concert. I remember covering it, and it wasn't like a workout. It was more like some sort of hip-hop show or something. It didn't, didn't feel like sports in any way, and I feel like there's been a lot of that since then, where there has to be this moment. You know, it's it's almost like you if you didn't trend or you didn't get uh, every single TikTok or every single IG reel, every single meme about how great you were, can't you just work out, can't you? Because, you know, Anthony Richardson is the guy who was the physical freak at the Combine from Florida. CJ Stroud already threw. He already threw at the Combine and apparently threw really, really, really well like excellently, and yet after the combat, everyone's just talking about, yeah, but Richardson's broad jump, holy crap, look at his muscles, look at his time, look at his weight. There must still be a, a place in this whole pro football evaluation process that we do for months where it's okay just to show up, throw really soundly, nothing supernatural, nothing science fiction, just really, really good throws. There's not a lot of uh, crazy viral clips about the one you threw uh, behind your back while you know lying in the push-up position and 80 yards downfield. You just sat back there and threw it. I hate the expectation at this point. We make these things so big, so big, and so important, and they are valuable. I just just show up and throw. Show up, shut up, ball up, and I don't really care how many clicks you got. The clicks will come on Sunday. That's what I want. Don't feel like you have to put on a show. Feel like you have to give a workout. And I hope he does today. Enough of this, enough of that stuff. If I'm sounding a little bit irritated, because I know what's coming next. It has to do with etiquette, manners, sometimes even professionalism, and it's called What's Hilarious. Let's just get to it. This is the one you guys are part of. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Terrible public etiquette is not hilarious, but uh, really your reaction to it is, let's just say it is hilarious because a lot of the things I laugh at these people, some of the stuff that people do in public. And I think that there is a reason that when we asked you guys, what are the public etiquette things or manners or lack thereof that bother you, the faux pas that people make? What are the things that really piss you off? We got hundreds and hundreds of responses like that. You guys could not wait to share it. I think this is one of the most irritable times of the year. It's still cold in much of the country. It's not quite spring yet. We did get that nice little daylight savings bumper, but you know, it's tax season. There's no pro football. It, the economy is just it, all that. It's, it's not a fun time. It's not Christmas. It's not summer. Not even the throes of winter. It's not the crispness of the fall. This time of the year, February, early March, mid-March sucks. I think there's a lot of uh, irritability from you and certainly from me. So I had an experience recently where just one of these things just hits my nerves and grinds my gears 
where uh, if you're on an elevator, you are a passenger on an elevator and you put your floor in and you put the button and maybe hit lobby and you, you get out, you wait for that little pregnant moment and then the door opens and as the door opens, you see that there's one or multiple people waiting for the elevator, but they don't wait. They just get on before you even get off and they maybe bump you or at the very least obstruct you. I hate that so much. It doesn't make any sense how much I hate it. It should be a slight annoyance where I just finally let them go and then go, I am ready to go to war. <laughs> I'm going to put my bayonet on my musket and plunge it into the belly of the offender who does not wait for me to get off the elevator. I can't really explain how angry I get about it, but there have been a couple of times where I've exchanged words with someone who did that. And that's normally not my style. And one time they're like, what? And the other time they exchange them right back. Let me tell you something. I'm right. You wait to get off the elevator. You wait. The person on has the right of way. You let everybody get off. And then when it's clear, then you get on. You don't start this whole SIG alert pile up of bodies getting on and off the elevator. Okay. And the crazy nuked up, juiced up version of that is getting on and off the subway. But I'm not going to speak to that. Let's just keep it within reason. The elevator. You wait. So this is just a little thing. It's something that would happen on curb where either Larry would get irritated by someone not doing it or Larry himself would do it and there'd be a whole exchange. I hate when people don't wait for you to get off the elevator. Just the thing. I teach my kids that. Uh, I talk to people who I'm with about it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh man, if I was ever with someone and they decided to get on, we would have to part ways. But I asked you guys, because I know everybody has things like this. Maybe to you or me or a bunch of other people, it's like, oh, that's no big deal. But we will find people who, again, they're ready to, to go MMA on someone if they do this. We asked, what is something that people do in public that just makes you so mad? You had countless responses. Let's get into it. Matty Ice. Looks like he's a Bills fan despite the Matt Ryan Twitter handle. Matty Ice says, people not bringing their grocery card back under the cart return and just lean into the parking lot. It's a good one to start with, because I know a lot of people feel this way and there's a great sense of community, not only in a parking lot, but at a grocery store where people are going to procure food for their families. So there's this sense of you should do things right. I have to be honest with you, I, I am not great at returning the grocery cart. Um, I often will not walk it all the way back. I just won't. Now, I am not the uh, psychopath ax murderer who takes it and just ghost rides it within 30 yards of the cart rack. And you know, sometimes it goes astray and hits a car. Sometimes it just hits the post. I don't do that. What I have done, especially while living in California is I will like pop a wheelie on the grocery cart, sort of park it and bank the front wheels on the grassy knoll <laughs> that's in the parking lot and sort of pseudo park it there. And what I'm doing is make sure it doesn't roll away into somebody else's car, which I wouldn't want to happen. But I'm also not humping it back the whatever it is, considering how I park eighth of a mile it takes to get back to the supermarket. And the fact is, there is usually that grocery cart kid whose job it is, is sometimes he wears that little orange vest thing and his job is to get the grocery carts back. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just I'm going to be honest. with you. That's what I do. I hope I don't do all of these. Let's see what's next. What else really just makes you ir irrationally mad in public? Oh, Chris Brown. Look at this. Chris Brown is the voice of the Buffalo Bills. Great guy. He says, the person that drives in the lane that's closing in 500 feet 
all the way to the very end to then wedge themselves in to get in front of the one of the 10 cars that were in front of them in the first place. Annoying. Chris, I do that too. I do it. Not only do I do it, I get off on it. Let's say, uh, let's say you, uh, you, you, you have the lane that's closing. I can do something similar. You're on a freeway and um, you, your exit is coming up and your exit is backed up for a mile. It's just cars, everyone's getting off the same exit. Maybe you're going to a concert, sporting event or something. And <laughs> you can just get in line and sit there or you can cruise in the right lane that is flowing, not the exit lane, and then at the last minute, you just jerk over and just cut everybody. <laughs> it's totally unethical and totally wrong, and I've done it many times. I've not only done it so many times, I'll tell you the secret to doing it. You get in that right lane, and then watch for someone else to do it, and mark the car that does it. Let's say it is, I don't know, it's, let's say it's a green pickup truck who jets it at the last second and cuts the whole line. What you do is you get right behind them and the car that you cut, you better believe it, is gonna be the green pickup truck. There's honor amongst thieves. He'll let you in, he knows. He's got no dignity, neither do you. It's like someone doing somebody a solid, like they know, like we've both done time together. We're both criminals, so I'll help you. The rest of the people are so mad that the green truck guy got in, they're not gonna let you in because they saw it. Go in front of the green truck, he'll let you in. I do that. Can we find any of these things people hate that I don't do? Let's find out next. Chris, I'm sorry, I do it. All right, Keith says, here we go, perfect. The lottery guy in a busy convenience store line. All right, so you got seven or eight people in line at the convenience store. Let's say it's you know trying to get to work, trying to get home from work. And this guy is just, Elbows on the counter. Yeah, give me two of the, the pick five. Uh, I want to play these numbers. Give me, give me three of those pot of gold scratchers. Uh, I'll take five of the lucky duck scratchers. And then I'm also going to do, uh, I don't want to do the random number. I want to fill in all the numbers. And he should step aside. He doesn't. You got people behind him who just want to pay for gas and for some reason can't do it at the pump. You got to get home to their kids or they're holding their kids. They gotta get their coffees and get to work and lottery guys just set up because he wants to make you late for work for his one in 62 trillion chance of winning the Powerball. <laughs> one in 62 trillion, he's gonna win the Powerball. One in three, you're gonna be late for work because of lottery guy at the busy convenience store line. I've never been much of a lottery guy. I've played a few times, but I do see those people all the time and that's a lifestyle. Blaze and KC, he's annoyed by Right, let me try to understand this. Sometimes you can't understand what Blaze means, and a lot of times you can, though, and it's good. People that walk out of a movie theater, a school, or a church, where everyone is exiting at the same time, and then stop right in front of the doorway to have a conversation. It's so good. I know exactly what you mean. That seems like it's deep in the weeds. It's not. Most of the irritation from being in public spaces with other people walking is just sitting there thinking, go! Which walk, get out of the way. That's most of life. Especially if you've got little hands that you're holding, little kids that you're going with. Move, what are you doing? Why would you stop right here? Go, you can have the conversation. Get the hell out of the thoroughfare that is exiting the theater. I see it all the time. Man, you just want to swim move those people. Maybe, oh, sorry, I brushed shoulders. Why don't you move the hell out of the way? I don't do either of those things, but I'll throw a glare. Ignorant, you're holding up all of us. 
stupid ass conversation that they're having too. I know, could you believe that the, the ending was so crazy? Get out of here. Brian Grooms gets annoyed by leaving time on the microwave when you're done using it. What? Brian doesn't like people leaving time on the microwave when they're done using it. He says, let it go down to zero before opening or reset it after you get your food out. Brian, that is so stupid. What do you care? <laughs> what? So if I'm, if I'm gonna heat up some tea or something and I put it in for 60 seconds, probably using two taps on the 30 seconds button, and I happen to look in, in the little window, like an eager beaver and see that the water is boiling. I open the microwave with 12 seconds left, take it out, looks nice and hot, I close it. I have to reset it in my own home or even in a break room at work? No, I don't, Brian, who cares? Do you have an obsessive compulsive thing where you can't rest knowing that someone left 12 seconds? If so, fine. I personally like to open it Anytime I see the last five seconds of a microwave, I just convince myself it's a bomb going off and I slow motion run and try to pull it up. Like how we used to do with trying to get exactly $20 of gas on the pump. Brian, come on, man. Are you that worried about the microwave time, the loose change someone left in the microwave clock? You know, you can be better than that, Brian. Whoever works with Brian, leave a, like one second left. Brandon says, when people wait several minutes in the middle of a busy parking lot for a space slightly closer to the entrance. Look, there are people who have a fetish for parking married to one of them. If, if we like get a good parking spot at some sort of gathering or theater or grocery store, I think my wife is happy for hours. She gets so off on doing that stuff. Ooh, this is a good spot. And I'm like, you know, there is one that is four spots over. No, but this is a much better spot. Look at this. It's closer. There's a little bit of shade. When we get back, the car won't be all hot. It's right next here to like the embankment. So, you know, no one's going to ding our car. Parking satisfying people, they love it. That is like one of their favorite things to do. The second we get in the parking lot, my wife starts just scanning, scanning. Ooh, ooh, go get, get that one, get that one. And then if you don't, you had to go quick. So the people that are waiting there with their blinker on to get a great parking spot when there is another one, I think I, I sleep with one of those people. Anybody else? These are great. We have hundreds of them. Music Man says, loud eaters. Chew with your mouth closed for the love of God. I shouldn't hear you from a separate table. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Sure, how, how am I gonna refute that? I'm not a loud eater, but I'm a loud gum chewer and Brooke gets pissed about that. I can't, I, I don't have anything to bounce back on that music, man, although I'm with you on it. Next, Kevin Ward. This is the last one? Oh, I love these. <laughs> I was wondering how long it was gonna take to us to get to the airplane. Flip-flops and shorts on an airplane. Once sat next to a woman that rubbed lotion, <laughs> rubbed lotion on her bare feet. I almost died. I'll do you one better. I sat next to a guy once who was wearing a tank top on the airplane. Just a disaster. It's not only that so much skin to skin, it's, you better believe he's, he's gonna reach up there and go for that little fan thing, that little twist that gives out that little flatulence of air. It's doing full armpit right on my shoulder. It's just disgusting. I don't know how TSI does, TSA does not let that guy stay in security. So you must, you have to change your clothes. Have to. Oh, tank top, flip-flops, the feet thing in the airport, sure, in the plane, we've talked about that. Shorts, I don't care that much as long as I have long pants on so we're not going skin to skin or leg hair to leg hair. Blah. Tank top is almost terrible, I almost died. Oh, the woman rubber lotion on her feet is gross. Guys, we could have done weeks of this and maybe we will. Send us more, maybe we'll do a recurring segment, public annoyances, until then, we do a public service we take the best sound bites of, of the day, of the week, 
and we pair them against each other in bare knuckle combat. It's time for something we call Fight Fight. <laughs> Hey, all right, bite fight. We got three sound bites. We play them. I've not heard them. I've not previewed them. I don't know what they are, but I will judge them. We will decide who is the winner and who just needs a better quote, a better delivery. Let's get into it right now. Lions signed offensive lineman Graham Glasgow. Uh, One-year deal. Detroit Lions. Love the Lions this year. Talked about that a lot yesterday. Glasgow started his career with the Lions and went to University of Michigan. Uh, when asked about why are you so excited, Graham, about your return to the state of Michigan, take it away. Really missed, uh, well, it's not like one item in particular, but I really missed going to Zingerman's Bakery. Uh, it's not the deli and it's not the roadhouse. It's behind a Costco off the highway. I don't know if you guys know Ann Arbor that well, but um, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I missed it a lot. Huh? I, that, was a, that was an easy one. You know, there's a lot of layers to these questions. Like some of them are, it's like an onion. Great answer, because the, the stock answer is, well, you know, I really feel a connection here, and the things Coach Campbell has going on here, you know, I can really build upon, you know, the times that I've spent. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like going to my, my place where I can just stuff my face behind a Costco. It's awesome. That's authentic. I like that. You guys know that place? I, I don't, I, I haven't spent a ton of time in the Detroit area. I've been there, but I have not spent as much time there as I would like. I've been to the UP and I've been to Michigan, Griffith Midwest, but I don't know that place. That's a great quote. Great mustache, it's a great man, big man. It's gonna be a tough quote to beat. Let's move on though. Interestingly enough, uh, former Detroit Lion, Jamal Williams. All right, so you know how this went. He did not re-sign with the Lions, despite all the touchdowns he scored last year and all the quotable moments, he's back. He signs with the Saints. He's gonna be a New Orleans Saint. And um, the Lions brought in David Montgomery, the former Bear. And here's how Jamal started, began his introductory press conference with his new team. Who is this? Oh, what is your name, sir? So how, many, how many times am I going to see you? All the time? All right, cool. Well, my, yeah, my time here, you are going to become an anime expert. All right. So first, this right here is... Pokemon. Don't you say Pokemon one time. All right, Pokemon. All right, but this is Eevee though. Oh, who said it yet? You did it? Yeah, heck yeah. See? Yeah. See? You don't know who Eevee is? Okay. Well, what is it? What'd you say? A dog? Cat? Which one? A cat, mostly. Yeah. So it's basically a cat. This is how they start off though. But Eevee can like evolve into like eight different types of Pokemon, basically. So. But Eevee, though. E-E-V-E-E. -E -E -E. All right, Luke, we about to have fun. Next time, <laughs> come in here with, you know, with some socks on. I got socks on. Oh, do you? Yeah, they're mm -hmm. just pull the Ankle socks tell a lot about you, man. I'm just saying. Am I the only one who thought that was Pokemon? Or uh, it was uh, Pikachu? I thought that was the yellow one with the ears. I don't know any of that stuff, and neither did the guy who's a journalist. Listen, you knew you were going to have one of those moments from Jamal, like that's just what he does. To have it be his first moment really sets a tone. And then to go with an ankle sock take to begin with, um, there's going to be a lot of those. A lot. Sat with, sat with Jamal a bunch. 
uh, this offseason came in, was on Good Morning Football for a long time. And that's how he shows up during commercial break. That's how he shows up in the break room. He has this like kind of weird childlike contagious joy. And then it turns into like really heavy emotion to begin with. That was good. I don't know anything about the, the, the Pokemon stuff other than I know Pikachu, <laughs> which is probably so annoyingly basic to all Pokemon, Pokemon fans that you're just like, everybody talks about stupid Pikachu. That's all I know. I know this, we've had two in, one more must follow. Back in January, oh, this is gonna be good. I've not seen it, but I'm reading the description. The nation of Canada, our neighbors to the north, released drinking guidelines. Drinking guidelines. It said Canadians should limit alcohol consumption to two drinks per week. <laughs> two drinks per week, that's what they should do. And there's a gentleman named Dino who had this to say in response. What did you buy today? I bought uh, six Bush Light, six Bud Light, and I love them, Tall Boys. Tall Boys? Uh, how much would you drink a day? Well, what day? Regular day, I don't know, maybe a couple beers, depends. Weekends, maybe, you know, five beer. Okay. Two drinks a week. What do you think of that? Well, that's just not uh, feasible, not in this country. Well, come on, man, two drinks a week, what's that gonna do for you? I mean, that doesn't even get you through a day. A reasonable amount, if you're, I mean, if you're at home, you should be able to have like uh, four beer. That's just, that ain't, that's just two more. I mean, I'll have six, but four is a fair number. But there shouldn't even be guidelines anyway. Why are you gonna tell me how much I can drink at home? Well, I guess the idea is, would you be concerned that you're at a higher health risk if you're drinking too? No! That's the, the main point here is why are they telling me what I can drink at home? What, can I have uh, two liters of pop? Can I have two liters of pop? Well, what's more healthy? Four beers or two liters of Coca-Cola? Do the math. So I'm guessing that this information about the new guidelines isn't gonna change your life. It's heartbreaking and I can't even believe it. Rock and roll! <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You can't handle the tooth. <laughs> Oh, wow. Dino. <laughs> I mean it. I have not seen that. Where to start? He, I guess start with the end. He said, you can't handle the tooth. He was missing at least one, maybe more uh, teeth. I love that he calls it pop. <laughs> well, what's worse for you? Two beers or two pops? Whatever he said. Why also do I think that Dino was a little bit uh, fudgy with the math? and that his six beers or four beers that he has at home is, is really probably closer to nine or 10. And I love that the interviewer is like, so you're not concerned about the, the health ramifications? No, Dino, I don't think is terribly concerned about, about uh, either the caloric intake or the blood alcohol content. And then he actually had like a, a really apt comparison. He's, and he sits there calling the hypocrisy of the government. Oh, you're all right with me chugging two liters of pop that's loaded with sugar rather than some, uh, what does he say, Bud Light and Bush Light, whatever it was. Tall boys. He goes, I love them. <laughs> we know you love them, Dino. And he's, if you didn't get to see it, only heard it, he's standing outside of what looks to be a liquor store on his way in because he's not carrying anything. So man, I don't know if if you're ever on your way into the liquor store, you're so excited. It's like going to the toy store, you know? It's like going to see Santa Claus, basically. Especially on like a Friday afternoon, you're like, game time, let's go! You're always in a great mood. <laughs> great mood going to the liquor store. So Dino, um, this was one of the easiest decisions I've ever had. It's, I look at your quote like you look at the tall boys. I love it. 
I love it. Graham Glasgow, have a great season with the Lions. Jamal Williams, have a good season with the, uh, with the Saints. But Dino, you win bite fight going away. I hope this gets to Dino. I hope you crack one for me. Throw it back. Not the 12 ounce. I'm talking about the tall boys, baby. You love them. And we love you. Dino wins bite fight. Easiest decision we've made in show history. We have to end the show, though. We have to go right now. I'm going to parent-teacher conferences today. My super producer, Michael Flynn, who is a parent of, of 15 children, um, he asked me when I told him I had parent-teacher conferences. Let's go to uh, Skycam. I, he asked the app question. He said, was this one of like just the scheduled ones that everybody has? Or was this one that you had to have that you were called in for, maybe because there's something problematic going on? And I hadn't even considered that, but it kind of made me scared, even just knowing that it's not true. It is just the regular scheduled one. But then I started thinking, is it the regular scheduled one? Scared the hell out of me. Here's the dart number for today. Uh, nope, missed it. Sorry, I was thinking about my kids. What am I going to say in those parent-teacher conferences? They always talk so much. I feel like I'm supposed to say something or have good questions. They talk, 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 and then we're out of time. All right, uh, 20. That's number 20, right up top. What's topic number 20 while well, on the show? It is currently time to go. Favorite vacation you've taken? Well, we talked a lot about Disney World when I got back from a few weeks ago. Um, I'll tell you what, in terms of an adult vacation where you and your husband or wife or whatever you have decide to see someplace exotic, the craziest, coolest place that I have ever visited in my life is Iceland. And Iceland may sound kind of a crazy place to visit depending on where you are in the country, but in New York, where I live, it's actually geographically not that far. The flight is nothing crazy. I just, Iceland is absolutely insane. It is the only place I've ever visited in the world where I feel like I am not on Earth. It feels like a Star Wars planet or something from the Interstellar movie the sand is black on the beaches. The water in the, in the uh, is like the electric hot blue. There's geysers. There's active volcanoes spewing lava. There's massive waterfalls. It, it's just like, I don't think I'm on planet Earth. I've seen a lot of places. I've been a lot of places on Earth and the rest of them I feel like I've seen in movies and stuff. I cannot believe what I'm looking at right now. This is, this is on the same planet where I coach Little League with my son. What? What the hell am I looking at? The food is weird. The language is weird. The letters are weird. And I mean this beautifully. It's not in a bad way. You know what I ate when I was in Iceland as an appetizer at a restaurant? I ate reindeer. Reindeer carpaccio. It was amazing too. Lean, delicious. But I feel like it, it, I wasn't in Iceland. I was in the Iceland system. Like in Star Wars, in another galaxy. It was so cool, so naturally intoxicating, just visually. Awesome, 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 awesome place. I recommended several people if you're looking for some sort of international adventure trip. Oh my God, go there, Iceland. That was it. In the meantime, you guys came to the basement. I love you. Thank you. I'm going to prepare my little, little missive that I'm going to explain to my children's teacher and hopefully get a good report. Fingers crossed for me. Prayers up. Third grader, first grader. Hope it's all. They're a pleasure to have in class. I hope that's what we hear, but I don't expect it. You guys, that way, exit through the garage. Close the door on your way out. I will see you tomorrow in the basement. Thank you. Love you. See ya.